I was so affected by this book that I held it against my chest and I hugged it. Has this ever happened to you? You've read something and you just can't believe what you just read? You have to stop and reread that line because what you have just read was so unexpected, you need a moment to take it in. Well, this is exactly what happened with this week's guest, Honey Lapsheron. I worked in the book industry for about eight years as a manager for Barnes & Noble, which is one of, if not the largest brick and mortar store in the United States. And so when I heard about your podcast, I was, I just wanted to be a part of it. I was so excited by the premise and who doesn't want to talk about books all day. Do you want to read for us the line that just blew your world apart? Um, The book is by Maggie Nelson and it's called Bluettes. For to wish to forget how much you loved someone and then to actually forget can feel at times like the slaughter of a beautiful bird who chose by nothing short of grace to make a habitat of your heart. Beautiful. Normally, I would ask which character is saying that and what's going on, but I understand this book is a little unique. Do you care to take us through how this book is structured? It's very difficult to describe this book, and it was really difficult to hand sell it to customers. Um, It's part poetry part critical theory, part memoir. She basically talks about the color blue. And Maggie Nelson, she's a professor and she's won many, many grants, many awards. She's uh, published books. She wanted to write about this color that she seemingly is obsessed with. And when she first tried to write the book, she tried to get grants for it, but nobody would give her a grant because it's really difficult to describe. She cites a lot of philosophers, she cites poets, artists, and scientists in order to kind of build a case for why humans are so fascinated by colors. And she tries to interject glimpses into her life where she has encountered that color. And at first glance, you pick up the book, it's less than 100 pages. Then you start to read it and you're just like, this is nothing like that I've read before. This, there's nothing like this that I've seen. And um, speaks to me as a, um, you know, as an early 40-something trying to, you know, I don't want to say look back on my life, but take stock of what's going on and the experiences that I have that mirror hers, you know, that she... It's a book about the color blue, but it's also a book about a relationship that ended. I understand. I haven't read this book, but I understand she's musing on an epic love story that happened to her in her Mm -hmm. life in this book. Yes, she doesn't. Yes, she doesn't name him. And in a way, she could be talking about one particular lover or she could be talking about the act of love itself. Let me give you an example. So. There's one section where she talks about the philosopher Wittgenstein, and he was dying of cancer at the end of his life. And she says, you know, he could have written or talked about anything at the end of his life, but he decided to write about color. And people always, they they couldn't understand why he did that. But at the end of your life, I mean, I think that you're trying to revel in the things that are beautiful to you 
And in the very next paragraph, she talks about having sex with this lover in some apartment somewhere and how afterwards she would look out the window and she saw a blue tarp kind of flapping in the wind. And it struck her as extraordinary because here she was, you know, in this room with her lover having the most, you know, epic experience. And then she looks out the window and she sees something rather pedestrian. Those two experiences are the same for her. Tell me about the particular lines that you chose that you thought really hit you in your heart. Do you want to tell me what happened when you read those words and and why that those lines were so meaningful to you? You come at books, you come at art or music or anything at a particular point in your life. And me reading this book two years ago and me reading this book yesterday, I, I'm a different person than I was. And, and so when I look at this quote, I think about, you know, the relationships that I've had that have succeeded and failed and how in the moment when you lose somebody that you love, and it doesn't have to be romantic love. It could be just somebody like a family member you lost or something that you loved so dearly. You're filled with this absolute agony and grief and you kind of fall into this chasm and you just, you don't know how you're going to get out of it. You kind of wonder if you've wasted your energy, if you've wasted your love, if you have enough love left to love again. You know, she's talking about forgetting how much you loved somebody. It's almost more devastating because you fall in love again or you you have new friends or whatever it is. And then you think, well, did I did I just imagine that? And that's what really stuck out to me. It's beautiful in its prose, but it also struck me personally. How does something for inspire a writer and then lead them down a certain path to express something? And I'm also a writer, so I, I struggle with this. And I thought, you know, okay, if I was trying to emulate Maggie Nelson, which I would never try to do, but if I was to try to do it, what would I choose that's so profound to me? And for me, it would be that time of day. It's like a couple hours before sunset when when the sun is low in the sky and it casts that deep orange color, that golden hue across the landscape. Seven o'clock. Yes, for here, it's like 6.30. Yeah, for me, it's 7 o'clock. I know exactly what you're talking about because I love that time too. And in my mind, that time is 7 o'clock. Yeah, and I think, I remember when I was younger, I would gather myself at the window and I would look out onto our very green grass in our yard and I would watch how the sunlight hit the grass at that time. And it was so beautiful to me that it made me incredibly sad (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it it fills me with absolute melancholy like a bittersweet kind of sadness yeah a a bittersweetness because it's so beautiful but it's going it's ending and what are you writing what are you working well I'm writing (laughs) I've been working on the same book for I hate to say it for over 10 years You know, I started working in a bookstore because I thought it would inspire me and propel me to finish my book. In fact, it did 
just the opposite because I thought, <laughs> oh God, there's so many books out there that I don't, I don't have a chance. So basically, you know, I'm thinking, I, I don't want to give too much. No, of course. But, uh, yeah. It was born out of a personal experience. You know, I was, because 10 years ago, you know, I was still uh, reeling from not finishing my PhD program and trying to get a job and going to school is very expensive. And so I was thinking about, oh, all my student loans. And I thought, God, I wish I could just sell a kidney or something to just pay off my student loans. You know, but then I thought about it. What would I be willing to part with if I could be compensated for that? But that's something that wouldn't necessarily hurt me. What if you lived in a world where you could give up a memory in return for financial compensation, would you do it? And you wouldn't be able to choose, you wouldn't be able to choose the memory. Oh my God, that's worse. (laughs) Right, right. And so, I mean, that's what my book is about. Uh Uh-huh, that's fascinating. Well, but this is the thing, I have to finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you, what does the color blue mean to you? But now I also want to ask you, which memory do you not want to give up? Let's do that first. Let's do that first. Which memory would you not want to give up? Just one. This is the thing, though. It's hard, right? Because I know you want to to say that you want to give up something, a horrible experience. But without that horrible experience, would you still be the person you are without it? So I could say... I was going to grad school. I went to NYU in uh, 2001. So I was a witness to 9-11. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because this probably, this could tie into your next question about what blue means to me. And just with, you know, the uh, explosion, the terrible explosion. So, um, so where were you? Where were you? I was living on Bleecker Street. And I was actually awake at that time in the morning um, when the attacks occurred because my roommate, she was getting ready to go to class. And so she woke up, I woke up. I just stepped out onto my balcony and uh, my apartment faced north. So the thing that I remember is how blue the sky was. There is not a single cloud over Manhattan And I just thought, you know, you're at school, it's fun, no parents, you're in grad school, you're like learning, you feel on top of the world, it's New York City, and uh, the first hijacked plane kind of flew down Fifth Avenue and went right over my head and crashed into the buildings. And, uh, you know, there's so many visceral things about that day that unless you were in Manhattan, you don't really you don't really think about, which is, you know, after the towers fell, there was a very distinct smell in the city for months. Air smelled like electricity for three or four months. I was 20 blocks essentially from, from ground zero. So, so it was, it was a really intense day, but because my apartment faced North and the towers were behind me, I continued to see that blue sky all day, even after the towers fell, because the uh, a lot of the smoke and, and everything drifted out over the water. 
So that entire day, I saw that blue sky. And it made me a more empathetic person. And so I can't imagine letting go of that. Mm-hmm. And so, but this is, these are the, these are the things that I think about when I'm writing. I mean, it is difficult because with each memory, you're losing a part of yourself. And so yeah, who so, would you be at the end? Yeah. I'm, it's, it's hard to say, but I'm trying to tackle that, that question. Yeah. You know, I look to writers like Maggie Nelson as absolute inspiration because so much of what writing is, is vulnerability And it takes a very brave person to write what she's written about, to bring her personal life forward, because it's not roses. It's not all, it's not pretty. It's, it's brave. And I just admire writers that are brave. This has been a very illuminating conversation. Um, I can't wait to read Blue S and I can't wait to read your novel once it's ready too. <laughs> it's, it's a great idea. Really appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this week on Once Upon a Line podcast. Thanks to Honey Lapsheron. A special thanks to my team, Michelle Long and Natalie Kurtz. And a shout out to my brother Pablo for the amazing guitar riffs. I'm Rosie Fernandez. Until next time, happy reading. <laughs>